0: Volume 1 Heritage by D.E. Morris. A full cast production narrated by Greg King.
1: The morning sun did nothing to warm the hearts of those left standing. What had been gray, wet snow as the night began was now stained red. It was sticky and clung to exposed skin like syrup as the bodies were gathered together to be burned. Ashlyn felt numb from the inside out. She'd lost her mother, a sister, and a very old friend all in one night. Had she anything left in her, her eyes would have been red from crying. As it was, no one had any tears left to shed. Once Laidley had fallen, many of his remaining men fled for their ships in hopes of reaching home without attack. Cavalon and Badru were eager to dispose of them, but Ashland told them to let the ships be. The war was over. No one else needed to die. Some of the Sadian warriors surrendered, immediately laying down their weapons and pledging fealty to Luela, Now, the last claimed descendant to Taig's bloodline, and their rightful queen. Sabari's body had been found not far from where she'd stood protecting Kanade and Wesley as they mourned Emmeline. She was cleaned by her remaining people and wrapped in pelts and tied with leather thongs to be taken home. Her father would want to mourn his daughter and have a proper ceremony for her. Ashlyn wished she could travel to Alibane, with the Nagini to tell their king how valiantly his daughter and his people had fought, but there were others with whom she would need to spend time as well. Many had perished. The dwarves, elves, and the Valar suffered just as much loss as any of the rest of them. There would be no rejoicing in the Celtic nations for a very long time. People stood together in huddles, drawing strength and comfort from one another. Everyone had lost someone. Friends, lovers, and children were being piled together to be given final rites, and their bodies disposed of. The numbers were too great for any kind of burial at sea or on land. They knew the necessity of what was to happen, though it was a hard thing to watch.
2: This night has been long for all of us,
1: Ashlyn said to her people when the carts were still.
2: We have all suffered greatly, and will never feel the same.
1: She saw Emmeline in her mind, lying so peacefully next to No, and Mei Xing as they rested inside the castle, awaiting their own ceremonies. Now a sob caught in her throat, and she found she could not go on. Jaren put an arm around her shoulder, and kissed her head.
0: The giver has granted us victory. Though no great gain comes without loss, we will carry the names and the faces of our loved ones with us always and do them the best service we can with our lives. We will carry on, go forward from this day. Not one of us is free from a scar to the soul. But I pray you don't let it disable you. We will be whole again. We will help each other through this time of great suffering. Let us now say our final goodbyes, and know our loved ones are watching us from above.
1: He gave a nod to Kavalon, and the Badarians set the bodies ablaze in blue and gold flames. This time, there was no pipe being played, no beating drum as there had been at Briac's service. The only music now was the sad chorus of weeping and the snapping of the unnatural flames that consumed those who were lost. Inside the castle later in the day, Ashlyn and her new extended family held a private service in an open tower for the three people they'd all come to love and would never see again. All of them appeared peaceful, at rest, as though they were simply sleeping on beautiful beds of wood and rich fabrics. But when Ashlyn touched No's face, held Emmeline's hand, pressed her lips to Meshing's forehead, there was no warmth of slumber. Only the cool pallor of death returned her farewell affections. While everyone was saying goodbye, Ashlyn caught the sight of a dying spark behind the spot Elos stood with his arms around Canade. Nuala walked slowly toward the group, healed, looking as though she had not seen battle at all. Yet, there was a hollow look to her, a sunkenness under her eyes, and a weight of sadness pushed down on her shoulders. She went to her husband and kissed his lips, tears falling freely over him. If only the phoenix within her was stronger, if only she could wake him. Moving back, she stood beside Kavalon and leaned into him. His arms went around her shoulders, and she wept without shame. The bodies were wrapped in the fabrics they lay on. This time it was Ashlyn who sent them on their way. The tower filled with heat intense enough to make them forget the winter chill, but it lasted only a few seconds. They all moved inside where they had huddled as one group. Morning holding one another, giving tearful and silent thanks that no one else had been lost. One frigid morning, several weeks after the battle had been won, Ashlyn gazed down at her kingdom from one of the open spires of Altain. It was the place she often went to, to think, or be alone. The place where she said goodbye to her mother and her friends. It helped with the daily sickness she'd been feeling accompanying the promise of new life in her womb, today she wasn't sure why she was out there. She wasn't feeling ill or restless. Jaren joined her and slid his hand onto hers, the heat of his skin warming her chilly fingers. Silent, he looked down into the village as well. People were rebuilding, fixing what had been damaged and bonding together to help one another. Had the destruction not been so great, it would have been heartening to see.
0: It gets a little better each day. We get a little bit of our strength back.
2: Maybe on the outside. On the inside, we are all still just as damaged.
1: Jaren squeezed her hand but said nothing.
2: It's not over, Jaren. I can feel that it is not over.
1: What do you mean? She reached up to brush hair from her face.
2: I don't know how I know. There is more to come. We may not see it in our lifetimes, but my gut tells me that this was just a glimpse of the things that will have to be endured.
1: Tears filled her eyes. They came to her easily now, and she hated it.
2: There will be so much more death before we can rest.
1: She touched a free hand to her stomach.
2: I fear the world we are bringing this child into.
1: Jaren took her in his arms and
0: held her tightly. One day at a time. It's all we can do. We won this time, and I believe that we would win again if the battle were upon us. And our child will be safe, my love. So long as we both draw a breath, you know nothing will happen.
1: He inhaled deeply, letting the cold air sting his lungs.
0: All we can do is live, each day, praying as we go that we're doing what the Giver would have us do. We cannot forget that the things that look like a mess to us are perfect masterpieces to him." Against his shoulder,
1: Ashlyn nodded. She took a few steadying breaths before straightening. Jaren's words were wise, but she could not push her worries aside easily.
2: I'm cold.
1: Her fingers searched for his again, and they turned for the inside. She would not say anything more on the matter for now. Instead, she would remain vigilant, and she silently promised her unborn child that she would protect him or her, whatever it may take. No matter how much power he had or restorative ability, still hurt when Merrick had three arrows spear through his body. He had a clear memory of laying in the cold snow, feeling wet flakes fall around him and over him. They clung to his lashes, melted against his skin while there was still heat there, and ran in warm little streams down his face. He could taste the blood that coated the insides of his mouth, hear the weeping and the clash of metal as the battle continued around him. He could even remember the murky sky above when he'd been shoved away from Emmeline's body. After that, it was blissful darkness. No pain, no cold, just darkness. And then there was a thread of consciousness, something that reminded him that he was more than a thought or some strange memory that belonged in the back of someone's mind. He had power. Great power. Remembering this was like remembering to breathe after holding air in for too long. He didn't know where he was. He didn't even really remember who he was. And it didn't matter. That life had passed. Now, he was on to the next. The better. At the time of his coming into power in the bowels of Castle Montania, he understood that the knowledge he knew he possessed would be indispensable. It came back in filtered thoughts. In the unending darkness, he came to accept that this was just another pause in a journey that had been going on for generations. It was just another spoke in the wheel there were texts written long ago perhaps as far back as when the scriptures were written for the first time secrets answers to long left unanswered questions they had all been together once bound in a book the way the elementals were bound together in ways they did not yet even know themselves he needed that book darkness was turning into an ugly gray, gray slowly ebbing away to make room for light. Morning. The sky was clear, and there was just a hint of the moon still left to fade away. Eric stood to look around and get an idea of his surroundings. The sea was before him, a long plain of grass behind. Mist clung to treetops on an island just across the way. He could have been anywhere. A quick run of his hands across his chest proved that he was uninjured. A wind came at his back, warm and embracing. Clearly, this day was not the same day as when he died. The question was, had he gone backward or forward? It would be found out all in good time. For now, Merrick simply smiled to himself and let the wind play with his hair and his clothing. He hadn't felt this good in a very long time.